Too Late Today podcast. I'm Bethany Francis. And I'm Alicia Lubin. We're two broads living abroad, broadcasting from Santiago, Chile. We explore Chilean news, cultural topics, travel, business, and more. The Chile Today podcast is the first ever bi-weekly English-speaking Chilean news podcast. To learn more about the topics you'll hear today, check out chiletoday.cl and enjoy quick updates from around the country on Instagram at Chile Today News. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Also, if you're feeling generous, rate and review us and share our episodes on your Instagram stories. If you'd like to hear about a certain topic, have a story to share, or would like to ask a question, contact us directly through Instagram at Chile Today Podcast. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> Hi. I can see you. I know. I see your face organically. I love it. You're not on a screen. I'm not yet. I might put my brain in a screen when I'm older. Beep boop. So that I don't die. Would you do that? I would do it just so I could talk with you in the after after life. Do you think you would be actually dead or like that your consciousness lives... In your brain space. Oh, I was thinking about that and how um, algorithms kind of track our brain patterns and our buying patterns and everything. And uh -huh. I think in a few years, they'll actually just be able to recreate our exact thinking patterns. So we'll just live forever digitally. I love it. I'm into it. By the way, this is a Chile podcast. This is about, this is about <laughs> this, Chile. This is a podcast about Chile. I just am slightly obsessed with immortality, which is why some I used to have an ex-boyfriend that called me Voldemort. Because I was just like, I'm never going to die. And he's like, yeah, you're going to die one day, Voldemort. And I was like, I'm going to drink unicorn blood. Yeah, so. I had ex-boyfriends that called me worse. So I think you're doing all oh, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, he wasn't doing it as an insult. He was doing it as a, like a, a joke. But I don't like jokes, which is why I broke up with him. Ha ha. No, I'm just kidding. No jokes for Bethany. No, no I'm not funny. I don't like funny. Nobody say funny things to my face. She gets offended. Offend, offend, offend. Anyway, so how how's your quarantine? Or, I mean, because we're still in phase two. We're in phase two, but I feel better. I feel more encouraged. Me too. Um, Because we can go outside without... Mm -hmm. Uh, daddy government's permission. So yeah, daddy government. Daddy government. Big brother gave us gave us a little bit of leeway. So I don't know. I feel good, like better than before. But I'll feel even better in phase three. I bet. Oh, girl. Yeah. Every day a little bit better. I just enjoyed the fact that like I'm cooking up a storm these days. You know, I needed capers yesterday. Oh, capers. I needed capers, and I'd already been outside once. And so instead of having to like. Just not have capers in this very essential caper recipe thing. I got to just go out again, like real quick, and grab some capers from the leader. It was, it was, it was great. And then I made a delicious dinner. So it's the small things, right? La vida loco, for sure. What? Right? Luxurious life. Bethany's luxury life. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's lujo. Yeah, my Spanish <laughs> is just really bad. No, it's it's fine. It's, I just didn't understand. No, no, no. I get the same. Uh, I get the the e and the i confused all the time. Always, literally. And always. I'm like depende, and they're like it's depende, and I'm like oh, whatever. You knew what I meant. Yeah, Luce has like a panic attack every time we have class. I'm yeah. sure she's just like, how am I going to get through this hour? I just you know, she just she's hopeless. No, you're not. You're learning so fast, so fast, tell. so fast. Just not your use yet. So we got news. We got we got COVID news for you COVIDers. A brief COVID update for you all. Um, so next week, um, beginning on May 10th, folks, are they're moving into the 30s. So by the end of the week, everybody 35 and up can go ahead and go get your first vaccine. Um, and so far, 8.2 million people in Chile have received a uh, vaccine. Which I've is been wonderful. shot both times and Pinguino has been shot both times. Professor You're, Pinguino has You'll be get shot in like two weeks, right? Yep. So I'm, I'm gearing up. I'm mm -hmm. I'm ready. <laughs> You're slapping your arm like <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. Like heroin. Um, I don't know. I guess that's just like what I think people do when they get shots, but I don't know. Um, and as of this recording, numbers are dropping, which is yeah. great. I'm really, you know, I'm optimistic. I'm trying to block out all the negative Nancys that are like, I think it's just because they're not testing as much. I'm like, look, look. Negative Nance. Nance. Look at look Nance. Negative Nance pants. Just shut up, okay? No, Just shut up. Numbers are going down. Moods are going up. We're feeling it, guys. Feeling it. I'm so excited that I'm here with Alicia and a live penguin. 
it's not even bad that I have to pick up his penguin poop when he accidentally has an accident in the middle of a recording. It's okay. We plan around it. We edited it out for you guys. Yeah, don't worry. We're like, oh man, it smells like fish. It's just bad. Anyway. So, uh, yeah. So, do so you have anything else about COVID? Nope, that's it. I got COVID shit. All right. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, well, Chile is starting to do, or thinking about doing, like, a green card incentive for coronavirus inoculation. Not the type of green card you would get if you're immigrating to the U.S. Basically, uh, this would give people who have been inoculated certain privileges. So, um... They are trying to encourage younger adults who may be reluctant to get the shots to do that. Health officials are saying, trying to... I'm going to redo all of that. Okay. Okay, so the Chilean government is going to, or is thinking about issuing a green card to incentivize inoculation. Uh, because they want to encourage like younger people who are more reluctant to get their shots. And uh, as a lot of you guys know who are listening, we have one of the fastest vaccination rollouts in Latin America and in the world. Uh, top five globally, actually. Um, says routers, routers, whatever. But a recent shutdown, the shutdown we have been experiencing, has actually dropped the pace of the vaccination and so now uh, they're trying to fast-track vaccinations again, which is why 30-ish-year-olds are going to be getting it next week. And so they're going to start roll-outing, roll-outing, roll what? Rolling roll out, out. Roll with it. Um, so they're going to try to issue government ID cards, which they're going to call green cards, and then an international green passport. And the government official said, quote, we are looking at it and I think it could be a very important stimulus for people to get vaccinated. That was Enrique Paris, who, um, the health minister who said that. And he said that it's important to maintain this campaign. We began vaccinating in December, um, initially inoculating health workers, teachers, civil servants, journalists, and other age groups. And now we're in their 40s. Um, but the problem is, is that young people are more mobile. The people who are not vaccinated yet, they're usually the people who work, like, with, um, rapi food services. Mm-hmm. They don't have necessarily jobs that are inside. And they're also much more, um, like, uh, I don't know, like, brave to put themselves in, like, party situations or whatever. So the goal is that we're going to be... Uh, vaccinating 80% of the population, that's the target. 15 million people by July, and people are going to, we're going to try to attain herd immunity, which who knows if that's even possible, but we'll see. Um, The minister has not yet determined what kind of perks might be associated with the green cards or a timetable. Um, But uh, countries around the world are all looking at similar situations of immunity cards, ways to... um, Uh, get through borders, that are going to be, you know, easier, things like this. Um, And Chile is one of the countries that they're studying for, like, how it could perhaps work. So uh, that might be coming your way. We'll keep you updated on that. If you want quick updates, you can look at Chile Today News um, on Instagram. Like, they're like, yeah, we'll just experiment with Chile. I feel like Chile has been a Petri dish for Uh, a hot minute. Oh, it has. Yeah. They're like... So, uh, we don't know how dictatorships are going to work and force people to do forced labor. We'll just experiment on Chile. We'll try Chile. No one's looking down there, right? No, no. It's too little. No one cares. figure it out in 30 years when this all comes to light. And then when it, like, turns out bad, we'll just, like, you know, deal with it then. We'll make a museum and say sorry. Yeah. (laughs) That literally happened. Okay. I have some explosive news for you, Mm -hmm. Bethany, and... Listeners, hello everybody. Hey, hey. Um, so podcast pinguino hit us up. Podcast podcast pinguino with the vibes uh, hit us up the other night and was like, "Hey, did you know there was a bomb?" And then then there were like helicopters everywhere. So what happened was the Simon Radowitzki. Don't know if I pronounced that right. Anti-capitalist group claimed to be behind an explosive attack on a Banco Estado branch uh, happening on May 3rd in Las Condes. 
So through a statement issued by the Contra Info website, it was announced that the action was a gesture of solidarity with the comrades on hunger strike since March 22nd. In the letter, they named Francisco Solar, Monica Caballero, Joaquin Garcia, Pablo Baja Madones, Juan Flores, and Marcelo Viorello. Viorello? Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, but anyway. Who started a hunger strike to demand changes in conditional freedoms. In the letter, the alleged perpetrators reported that the explosive was installed in the Mankewe sector uh, in Apoquindo because, quote, we are going to the neighborhoods where the saucepans do not resonate to demand crumbs for the this to demand crumbs from this murderous government. Neighborhoods that are inhabited by those who, despite the pandemic, have increased their wealth disproportionately. End quote. In addition, they explained that, quote, we took all the possible measures and safeguards so that the explosion didn't harm anybody. We left a notice. <laughs> we left a notice on the door that said, "Closed. Sorry for the inconvenience." <laughs> <laughs> and an activation time was set for when the curfew was already in force. Okay, in that's fun. I have two comments. It's hilarious because we sort we all live within a few miles kilometers of that, like within like a triangle kind of like we. Yeah. And I like you guys were like, "Did you hear that?" And I was doing nothing but sitting on the couch looking at Instagram. I was like, "Hear what?" <laughs> Yeah, so um, I didn't hear anything at all. I heard the helicopters after you mentioned it, and that's my first comment. My second comment is, like, why did you target Banco Estalo, which is, like, the workers' bank, the bank that, on, the only bank that poor people can use, because, like, and the Banco de Chile and the Besai and all of them. Yeah, and the immigrants. The immigrants can only use Banco Estalo. Like, why are you, tar- if you're anti-capitalist, why aren't you target- targeting the privatized banks? Sir, it was was it a? I I need to know. Answer me if you're listening to this and you're one of the guys that blew up the thingy. Send me a message. Answer yeah, send me. us um, an email. Do to better. Chili Today Podcast at gmail dot com. If you're gonna destroy private property, what, we have something pri- for you. Is it even private property if it's a public bank? I don't know. I want to know. Yeah. Also, like, hey, we'll interview you. I won't give your name. Oh, we'll totally interview you. Yeah, I won't give your name. You can, like, we can put, like, it can be anonymous, and we can put one of those, like, I'm Batman. Things on your your throat. Or we can make you sound super, like, Batman. Yeah, either way. Whatever you prefer. We got you. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, we have the technology. Uh, So, speaking of uh, capitalists, so, Piñera's being taken to International Crime Court. For crimes against humanity. Not the game. Yeah, not crimes against humanity, the game. That's a, so, my, oh my gosh, have you ever played Mala Leche? No. Okay, so Mala Leche is the Chilean crimes against humanity, and they were actually like sued by crimes against humanity because it's the same thing, but it's all Chilean references. And it's super fun. I don't understand half the shit, but it's so fun to play with Chileans because they're like, ha ha ha, this thing. It's funny, and it's any fun, and you learn a lot of Spanish. <laughs> no, it's really funny, and you learn a lot of stuff. A learning I'm... opportunity with fun. Right. It is. So, uh, if uh, I would love to play that with you. It would be really fun. Let's play. Yeah, let's do it. Pinguino, go get us mala leche now. Okay, so he left. Uh, f- so, anyway, Crimes Against Humanity. Former Spanish judge Balthazar Garzón. Wow, Okay. The Chilean Human Rights Commission, CHDH, the American Association of Jurists, AAJ, and the Italian Centro di Ricerca ed Elaborazione per la Democrazia, CRED, have joined forces to request intervention from the International Criminal Court, ICC, in the, oh man, the Hague, the Hog, the Hague, the I'm so sorry. Digital publication Cypher reported recently. The judge and the organizations argue that Chile's public prosecutor is not capable of investigating human rights violation in the country, as over 3,000 cases related to the estallido have been closed so far without investigation or trial. Yeah, it's been pretty bad, you guys. Like, they're like, oh, this is a crime against humanity, internationally recognized, but meh. Uh, but yeah. here's your museum. <laughs> but let's all go to the museum. In their request, they ask, oh, did you know that they're buying even more vehicles for the Carabineros this week? Interesting. Are they also painting them white so no one really notices them? Yeah, because good guys are white and bad guys are dark green or black. So if we paint them white, they're good guys, right? 
No. I'm trying. I'm like looking through examples in my head. I'm doing like a White Knight. Stormtroopers. <gasps> Stormtroopers are bad too. Oh. Thank you, King Wino, for that reference. Yeah, but all of the other, uh, like Darth Vader's black. Darth Vader's black, and like the Jedi wear like a beige. Maybe they should have gone monk beige. Thing. Yeah, apparently beige because it's like they're earthy, right? Oh, so that should be next. Camp. Then it'll be like eco-friendly water cannons and whatnot. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, don't pollute. Yeah, yeah. At least be like, it's like a it's like a solvent, but it solvents pollution. Yeah, they're all made out of hemp. Yeah, it smells. It's ma- actually marijuana inside the inside the gas gas. Yeah, yes. sure. And everybody's like, that would be, oh my god, that is peaceful. Sh- yeah, that should be the way to control crowds. Get them high on marijuana, and they'll just like sit down and be like, you know what, guys, it's fine. Right. That's how you control a crowd, guys. And instead of water cannon shooting out, it shoots out like random packaged food items, but but eco-friendly packaging. Yeah, like not in, like made out of corn. And then everybody plastic. just like chills out and eats and then everybody has a really deep discussion on how to fix the issue. Oh my God, did we just solve world, did we just achieve world peace? We did. Oh my God, we're great. Everybody tell everybody, we achieved world peace. Hey, anti-capitalist guys, let's do that next time. Okay, uh, so... In the file document, the group also argues that the ICC should intervene as the crimes committed during the estallido are wrongly classified as common crimes. According to the group, this is done deliberately to remove them from the jurisdiction of International Criminal Court. And as the group says, to be able to delay prosecution and allow pardons and amnesties. The organizations involved also claim the public uh, prosecutor in Chile is not impartial. After the estallido erupted in the streets of Santiago and later in the cities of Chile, the Chilean government responded by sending the military and heavily militarized police forces to the streets. By decreeing a state of emergency, authorities arrested people without protocol. Dozens of people died in the first weeks of the uprising while thousands of people were arrested. Notoriously, too, were the eye injuries during the estallido. Over 400 people were blinded by police pellets during protests. Several human rights organizations investigated the situation in Chile, among them the Human Rights Office from the United Nations and Amnesty International, all of, all of them which reported systematic human rights violations. And nothing's been done. Judge Garçon, uh, sorry, is well known The way in you threw your body into that. <laughs> and yet he's Spanish, like I did it, like he was French. Garçon, por favor, mas... I don't know. <laughs> not speaking Spanish. Whatever. Is well known in Chile. Caracoles, mas caracoles, por favor. In Chile for being the judge who issued the international warrant for the arrest of dictator Augusto Pinochet in 1998. Yeah, Garçon. An ex... Uh, extradition request was turned down by the United Kingdom and Pinochet. Hmm. Well, around the time residing in the UK and arrested in, on British soil, where he remained under house arrest until his return to Chile. And that's the news. And that, my friends, is the rest of the story. A new species of dinosaur was found near the city of Copaipo, near the Atacama Desert. It is believed to have inhabited the area between 84, around 84 million years ago. Experts say that the plant-eating titanosaur had a small head and a long neck. Wait, tit? Titanosaur. Tit-tonosaur. Titanosaur. Tits. Titanosaur. Had a small head and a long neck and an unusual, unusually flat back. So you could ride it, is all I <gasps> take from that, is you could ride the titanosaur. Uh, studies suggest the take creature lived... In what would have been a lush landscape of flowering ferns, or plants, ferns, Aww. and palm trees. Wait, what? In Chile? Well, but this was 84 million years ago. This was in the 80s. This was during the dictatorship. There were palm trees, but then they planted eucalyptus and pine. No more palm trees. So, that landscape's not exactly a thing in the Atacama Desert any longer, but... The creature was a sauropod, or long-necked, long-tailed, plant-eating dinosaur. Like Littlefoot in I was our just favorite dinosaur movie, Little not Jurassic Park. But Land Before Time. Um, it was found in beds dating from the late Cretaceous. The, Cretaceous the last period. period before dinosaurs were wiped out. Um, by COVID. By COVID. 
a few weeks ago. They couldn't wear masks. They, they, had, they didn't have ears. They didn't, and no one, they didn't adapt quickly enough. Right. Um, the creature has been named Arakar. Lacanathani <gasps> or something. Wait, a rat car sounds awesome. A rat Lacanathani. It's like when she married into a different family. Like <laughs> her name was like Ratcar Metalface, and then she married like a really cute nerdy guy. My name is Ratcar Lacanathani, which means at comma bones. They really went for that one in the indigenous Kunza language. Kunza. I hope I pronounced that right. The remains will eventually be exhibited in Chile's Museum of Natural History. Cool. The Arakar Lacanathari is... <laughs> I don't think I'm going to pronounce Lacanathari? We've officially gone Midwest. Arachnathari. The Arakar Lacanathari specialized in making um, casseroles and was the third Wait, dinosaur <laughs> named from Chile. Yeah. It's the Midwestern dinosaur. That, oh, uh, I thought you were being serious. It's like, did she mispronounce another word? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it says here, um, they really liked mayonnaise and potatoes together. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, that's joining... your type of Midwest, not mine. Yeah. We don't do the mayonnaise. We don't from. speak. Uh, yeah, we don't speak the same Midwest. No. You, I, well, really, I'm not Midwest. I'm Southern. So. You're Southern. I'm Southern. You're Midwest. So we do lots of fried foods. Um, so there's, it joined, um, its friends, the Chilisaurus Diego Suarez. Ch- I'm not even making that up. Is it a prehistoric penguin? It is. It was a prehistoric penguin. The Chilisaurus Diego Suarez. The Chilisaurus. I really stretched on that one. Chilisaurus. Oh, to be fair, there was a one dinosaur in Arkansas called the Archosaurus. So I, <laughs> I get it. No, I get it. We weren't much better. <coughs> Just COVID. Dying. Don't worry. Sorry. You haven't been shot yet, so careful. It could be, but you guys are safe. <laughs> yeah, not for two more weeks. Also, you've had COVID, so you probably still have anti-querpos in my body and your boobs. Yeah, very cool. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are cool. Really old birds. Um, so, so I got some union news. Um, so unions in Chile are leading demands for emergency aid because well, this started during the debate for the third withdrawal of the pension funds. And at first, Pineda was like, no, no third withdrawal, even though the IFPs have been, like, financially gaining money during the, uh, the pandemic. So these unions, wearing obligatory face masks and holding permits, circulated under lock- lockdown, and more than th- 20, what, 20 representatives from Chile's most... You know what? Numbers are hard. 20. Numbers are hard. 20 representatives from Chile's most important trade unions tried to convince special forces police to allow them to deliver a letter to uh, Sebastián Piñera. Barbara Figueroa, the president of CUT, United Confederation of Workers, led the delegation to the Moneda Presidential Palace where she was told that only she would be allowed in only she would be allowed into the building. And she said, "We all go or none of us." We're all representing our unions, including including teachers, metro workers, Walmart supermarkets, um, medical personnel, and copper miners. And we need the president to receive our petition. As she spoke, police suddenly began arresting a dozen of the union leaders and putting them into vans to be driven off to the nearest police station, accused of disturbing the peace Mm. in times of the pandemic. It was a bad start for a national strike called by the CUT, which represents nearly 9% of salaried workers. They were joined by 35,000 public service workers, include, uh, including those from State Television and Coldelco, which is the miners, the Chilean state mining company, and the world's largest copper producer and exporter. The letter, which was eventually delivered by Figue- Figueroa, together with those who had not been arrested, outlines three key demands. Um, She says, We warn the government to not ignore the demands. First, a health emergency payment of 500,000 pesos or $700 for unemployed people, a minimum wage that is above the poverty line, and the freezing of food prices, because food prices have been increasing during the pandemic. As she spoke, President Piñera met the leaders of both houses of Congress to discuss a new emergency aid package for the Chileans. Food kitchens have been spreading rapidly throughout the country since the pandemic began, which have been run by communities. Unemployment has climbed to nearly 11%, but so far the government's economic aid has proven to be both inadequate and difficult to access because of excessive red tape. 
Um, quote, I received less than 1,000 pesos, $142 from my pension. I can't pay the rent and electricity, gas, or water with it, so I'm not paying my bills or eating properly. I haven't received a penny from the government since the pandemic began, said 78-year-old retiree Rosa Diaz, who supports the strike. Because though the government has been giving like bonuses, they're only to a very limited amount of people. And the rest of the people in Chile can only like take money out of their retirement funds. It's pretty gnarly. So like the government is not actually helping the majority of Chileans at all. Um, so with the vast majority of the country still under obligatory confinement, the strike has had mostly a symbolic impact. Nevertheless, there were small marches and protests around the country throughout that day. And it seems to have pressured the president to reconsider urgent aid. Uh, quote, we applaud the government's decision to finally meet with the leaders of Congress. We have always said that the state support must be for everyone, not just for a select few. The economic aid package should be sufficiently robust to offer economic, health, and social security so that people can stay at home under confinement and we can overcome this pandemic, said Deputy Raul Soto, leader of the center-left PPD party bench. To help pay for more aid, the opposition has proposed a tax bill for the so-called super-rich. It would raise taxes um, just once by 2.5% for an estimated 1,500 Chileans who are extremely wealthy. But as expected, there has been resistance from the country's powerful business sectors. One time, guys. Once. Once, dudes. Just, like, share for, like, share your Power Ranger Barbie doll one time. I know it's fancy, but it's so people won't die. They need that Power Ranger. So, Chile's most prominent trade union leaders believe that there could be worse to come in the pandemic. Yes, we have an economic emergency now with families who have nothing to eat, but afterwards, when it comes time to reactivate the economy, when there's a huge number of people desperately looking for work, that will present a breeding ground for abusive employers. Oh, man. It's so true, and it's so scary. They'll want to offer worse wages and working conditions, mm. and that is why we have to take measures now. That hurts my heart. It really, like, hurts my heart, you guys, because it's so true. It's true. Yeah. Work, 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 work. We're going to talk about how Chilean work culture is different than work culture where we come from. That's, we come from the United States. So. The Northern Americas. The Northern Americas. Um... So it's quite different and might come shocking to you if you come here to work or maybe even to go to school. It's, right. It can be quite a culture shock. So uh, let, let's start. Alicia, go. Me go. Okay, I'll go. Um, one thing that was different here is getting paid once per month because I remember being back in the U.S. and like every time that paycheck came in, like every two weeks... For mm -hmm. me, I got really excited, but here it's once per month and it's usually yeah. at the end of the month, if I'm not mistaken... Um, and then it brings on an influx of people that go out and shop. So it's very much like people get paid and then people order a bunch of like food or they mm -hmm. go out and malls are quicker. So that was one thing we get used to was getting paid once per month instead of twice. Yeah. And also like banks and banks close really early here, like at 2 PM. Yeah. So bank lines at the end of the month and at the very beginning of the month are crazy sauce. Because everybody's going to deposit their paycheck or get cash or withdraw money or deposit money. You know, it's so it, it it's not the best system. I, I did work jobs in the U.S. where I got paid at the end of the month when I was a teacher. Schools typically mm. pay you at the end of the month. So I did get paid for that. But because not everybody does that, you didn't have that. There's also direct deposit, too, so I don't know. Right. But more paycheck things, this is not one of mine, but just going off of what you said, is people don't think of money, like, salary per year here. You know, so, like, in the U.S., when you say, like, how much money do you make, you would, like, you would mention, like, a lump sum of what you make a year. People have no idea what they make a year here. They're like, I make a million, a million a month. And you're like, yeah, so that's, like, 12 million a year, right? And they're like... What? Oh, yeah, I guess. I mean, of course, that's a really round number. But if you're like, I make 1,250,600 pesos a month, but what do you make a year? And they're like, uh, 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 I don't know. Like, also that it is salary, too. You know, yeah. it's not really broken down by hours like I was used yeah. to it back in the States. And being paid at the end of each month rather than a couple times a month, the cost of living is pretty expensive here. Um 
given the amount that you're actually paid. So having a budget that you have to be really careful with your budgeting. A hundred percent. Like you can't just, because when you're out of money, you're out of money. You have to wait till the next end of the month. Like you're totally, you're totally screwed. So, and especially with my job, which since I'm an English teacher, I get paid per class. I have to really be careful to figure out like, okay, if this many classes cancel or if that, like I have to save this much money in order to make rent. So yeah, it's, it is a weird, it's a, it's a different the way they think about how they earn money. Definitely. 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 Okay. Mine is, so there is, I don't know if you, um, know this, but there's this concept where it's in bad taste or in poor taste to leave work on time. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say your job ends at six. If you leave at six, like that's bad. Because I've had so many of my students and my friends tell me this because the idea is if you leave on time, then that means you don't have enough work to do and your boss will give you more work. Yeah, it's totally messed up. And so, um, and my friends are like, so like I, I technically get off work at six, but I don't leave until 630 or seven because if I leave early, my boss is just going to give me more work. And I'm like, but you're only supposed to work till six. And they're like, yeah, I, I know. But like, I just like fiddle around and like do stuff or like work a little bit because if because the assumption is if you leave on time you're lazy I'm like then why then why but 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 it's your time (laughs) and so it's I've had so many people tell me that I've had bosses tell me like oh if my employees leave this I'll just give them more work because that means obviously they have more time on their hands I'm like but what about their families and their life and the fact that quitting times at six it's cray. That actually goes in line with my next one. Okay. There's a term in Chile that's like squeeze the juice out of you. Uh-huh. And, you know, we come from the U.S. where there's this conversation starting that's, you know, work-life balance. And like mm-hmm. you said, time for your family, time for your friends. And I had an employer here um, during the interview process. I, I proposed a very decent amount. And they came back and they said, for that amount, like, we will squeeze the juice out of you. And he's like, we have this saying here. And he's like, you're really going to have to work for that amount. And the amount wasn't high. And just the the way that that potential employer addressed me and the situation I felt was so toxic. And I can't imagine. And abusive and draining. You know, it's... There was no concept of like, hey, like during the onboarding process or the potential onboarding process, there wasn't like these are all these great benefits. You know, you get to work like this is what's great about working for the company. They're just like, all right, like you're going to work for us. Like you, we're going to take everything we can from you. And that's a lot considering that it's not abnormal to work 12 hour days and 60 hour weeks here. Oh, my gosh. It's it's really it's really crazy. The. And there are there are good things about working in Chile. We're not trying to say that. We're just trying to point out the things that are like shocking to us. Mm. Because definitely there are, for example, the maternity leave is insane. is is really good here, and they're trying to even expand it more. Like in in the U.S., it basically doesn't exist. But there are things like that. I have so many students. I had a student. I've had students who've had to take like who've had mental breakdowns because they work so much, and to save money, their bosses refuse to hire anyone else. They're like, the work's getting done, so why should I hire anybody else? But if you don't do the work, I'm going to fire you and just hire someone who can. So, like, like so much work, like, working on weekends and just basically having mental breakdowns. I had a student that happened to me – happened to me. That happened to a student recently. And so he had to ta- – like, and once that happens, it just doesn't make any financial sense because you can get mental leave here. Like, if you do go to a psychiatrist and they're like, okay, you're, they're going to put you on leave – or your paid leave, paid leave, and so it's not. It doesn't make any sense to me that you would work your work your employees so much that you're now paying for someone to be sick that you've made them sick. Right. If your employees are reaching out and being like, "Dude, I can't. I, I, I need help." It's not that they're. You got to trust your employees at some point. Like it's unethical, and it's going to be counterproductive in the end for yeah. you. You're gonna make less money, dude. Okay, so here's another like kind of opposite of that um not opposite but the the start times of when you start work in chile is very loose so like maybe that's why they stay later because when you get to the office in the morning in at offices it's very normal for women to do their makeup at the office like they'll just 
arrive at nine, which is like in the US when you're starting work. Like my friend who's a gringa works at an office. She would be like, so I get there at nine, I go to my office, I start working. But she's like, all of my fellow employees that are women, like, like get there at nine and they put on their makeup and then they get to their desk and then they eat their breakfast. And she's like, that's just different. You know, in my brain, you do all that home and you work from nine to five and she leaves at five and her employer was like, do I need to give you more work? And she's like, no, you know me. I start work at nine. Everybody else starts work at 1030. Like, why should I, this is my work time. And it's just different. Like the, the, what you do and how, how they're productive, but how you're productive, like, get to work whenever the F you want, you know, once you get to work, you know, eat your breakfast, you know, wake up a little bit, put on your makeup or whatever, if you're a dude, splash water in your face or put on your makeup, whatever, you know, <laughs> but, you know, so it's, that's, that's a little bit, a little bit different because in, in our gringo brains, you get to work at nine and you leave at leaving time and that's, that's that, but here it's much less bracketed, I guess. One thing that I've noticed is that with the exception of very large companies, HR or people operations, people ops isn't really a thing. So if you mm. have an issue with your employee, there's not much of an outlet for it. Right. Um, or besides employer. Or employer. Yeah, exactly. So or if you're having any sort of issue at work, don't expect an HR department. It would be great if you work for a bigger company that has one or maybe one that's a little bit ahead and, and has that integrated into their company ecosystem. Um, but sometimes the treatment of employees goes kind of unchecked because of the lack of this department. Right. And I, I do know some people who work in HR that are really talented. I, I do. But... The va- I would say the vast majority of um, people who've told me about the HR departments that, like, these bosses who hire HR people or, like, people who work in companies who've had to deal with HR, they're just, mostly it's because they're unqualified. Because HR typically, instead of hiring people trained in HR, they'll hire, like, psychologists. And it's like, you know that HR is not, like, there's a lot of, like, business, like, techniques and knowledge that need to exist in HR not just like talking to your employees and being like okay so are you calm now okay go back and do your work or like how to ask how to like be the go-between between a boss and an employee or if like somebody's being sexually harassed like how do you deal with that these things you aren't trained for when you're a psychologist. I mean, I've seen, I've had friends who said their HR departments were just like people who worked in advertising. It's like, what what do you do? HR is like the one of the most important aspects of a business. Like you have to have it. Then again, like they also like waste time on like psych, like you do like 14 psychological evaluations by HR before you get hired anywhere in Chile. And everybody knows the answers to them. Have you ever done one of those? Yeah, I've seen them. Oh my gosh. It's like Draw your shelf under, um, draw yourself in the rain. And of course you, it's the same one every time. And so of course you draw yourself in the rain with an umbrella smiling. Like that's what you do. And they're like, oh, you're not a psycho. Yay. Or they're like, pick these colors out of a lineup and you just pick the bright, don't pick black, don't pick brown, just pick yellow and blue. Orange. Don't pick red, you know, because that means you're aggressive and you're angry. And and I'm like, this obvious, what are you doing? So... Yeah, uh, HR is definitely an error. And again, I feel like that's just um, not investing in people. You know what I mean? Not investing in the work life and like of your employees. Like, are they satisfied in their jobs? Not that this is only a Chile problem, but this is specifically the HR thing is like one of those parts of specifically Chile that is very like evident. You're probably going to have to ask for your own performance review. Uh-huh. Um, and you're going to most likely have to set your own growth goals as well. It depends on the company. I do it does. know. You're I, right. I, I think really big companies, they especially if they're not in Chile, like they're not chilling companies, yeah. they have to do them. Like, for example, I work for, I teach English at an electric company who's owned by the U.S. They have to do performance reviews because of whatever. But um, those performance reviews can be a blessing and a curse, you know, because if you don't, you know, some people bet on their, you know, their bonuses every year because that's how they're going to pay their bills. And then suddenly, you know, Joe Bob doesn't like them. They get a low performance review and that's a lot of money that they don't get, which I don't know. 
it's like their bone. I don't know. It's a weird thing. Um, my next one, uh, laborious emails. Let me let me explain. So within Chile, whether it's text messages or emails, you can't just be like, hey, how are you? You can't. You can't just be like, hey, how are you? Um, can you let me know when you're going to send this thing, this thing? Like, which is what we would do in the U.S. Like, very direct, let's do this. In Chile, you have to be like, Alicia, I know we haven't talked in a while, but I really hope your family is doing well. I know that it's been a difficult year for everyone, and I know that your grandfather wasn't doing quite as good. How is he? Is he good? Send the email. Then you gotta wait for them to reply and be like, Lorena, I really appreciate you asking about my grandfather. Yes, he's been doing well, and my family also. And this is la and and it takes like forever for you to actually get to the GD point. And it's not just emails, it's text messages too. The amount of times when my students like are like, Hi Bethany, how was your weekend? And I'm like, just tell me. <laughs> what do you want? Just be like, I need to like cancel class, I need to reschedule, I need to da 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 because I have things I gotta do in my life. I got time time is money, man, and I don't wanna be like So if you're like, Hey Bethany, how's your weekend? Of course my reply is gonna be like, Really good. And yours? Very good also. Um way like and it's like an hour and a half later and I'm like you know what I could have received that an hour and a half so it's very typical in Chile to like have the it's it's rude to be too direct in writing form and I've had like students of mine or like friends of mine that are Chilean that are like why are you so direct I'm like because I just want to get to the point like do you, like I don't just tell me I'm not gonna show up to your party like don't be like Bethany I know it's never never yeah me too I just can't come to your party okay you could have just said that. Bethany I saw you cook some croissants were they buttery and flaky how were they yeah, just, they like, were delicious yeah they were so delicious thanks for asking that's amazing I'm happy for you so uh, anyway I was gonna ask I'm like. Alicia, just tell me. I don't care what you think about my buttery croissants. I will agree with you wholeheartedly on this concept and then this topic because if it, I used to just be like, hey, like, what's up? I need this. Mm -hmm. But here, peop, it's you're right. It's this whole song and dance Being that I don't dance. like. I don't. I, but you kind of have to adapt to it, otherwise people they think, think you're, you're rude. Like, you, people think you're mean. And I'm and I'm and I've had students be like. My boss, my, my boss from the U.S., he's just so, he's so, so short with me. I think he doesn't like me. And, like, and then I would read the message, like, oh, no, he just needs wants, you to. He just needs you to answer. Yeah. Like, he just, he just needs you to answer. And he's like, oh. I'm like, yeah, that's normal. Because, like, the message was like, hi, Jorge, how are you? Please send me this um, at your convenience. I'm yeah. like, that's super nice. The short would be, like, send me this, period, which is what you get from your university professors. I found that companies here are pretty open about all the illegal things they're doing. Oh, yeah. And it was wild. I had an employer, a Chilean employer, contact me the other day, an ex-employer, mind you, and left on good terms, obviously. just They called me up, and the lady said, hey, I have something to ask you, but it's going to require trust on both ends. And I'm just like, Wait, it's Monday. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Let me just. And she was like, hey, we're at, because they operate in Chile in the U.S. And she's like, you know, we're having some problems with our taxes in oh the U.S. Can we pretend to pay you and you pay your taxes, but we'll actually pay your taxes? And I was like, um, I don't really feel like it involved in tax fraud right now, you know, like... Yeah, I know tax fraud's no big deal here in Chile. But People do it. Yes, you're going to get in trouble, and I was like, I, I can't you can do put that in right jail. now. J-A-I-L. Prison. Yeah. And I P just... Or, or prison, as my students say. And I felt so bad because I could hear, like, the panic in her voice. Like, she was nervous. And she wasn't the previous employer. She worked for the previous employer. And she was like, well, I just figured because you worked with us that we had a good enough relationship for this. And I you're was my, like, again, again, you're my employer. I'm an employee. How, like, how, what are you, no. Imagine them asking an actual employee to do, like, what can you do? What are they, are they going to fire me? That's like, what I'm saying. Like, what, like, that's a lot, that's kind of pressure here too. And I just was shocked. I was really taken aback. And I also find that U.S. companies 
don't really have a problem committing like illegal or exploitative exploitative yeah is that the uh-huh, right word? Uh-huh, uh-huh. um actions towards chilean residents yeah, yeah. or employees here so u.s companies will also exploit folks living yeah. in santiago in, in like because countries. chilean the sii i mean unless you're doing something really bad which i honestly like really like and it's not even i don't even know if there's any like tax things i've heard of recently that people have gotten in trouble more collusion situations than anything else like raising prices on stuff but like like everybody knows pinata doesn't pay his taxes and everybody's like but he's the president i mean like it's not even like the donald trump situation where we sort of know but we don't know like pinata we know and he's like yeah so the next thing i want to talk about is um, there really isn't a concept of overtime here, or it does exist, but they write people's contracts in a way where they don't have to pay you overtime. So basically they pay, the way that it does is like they pay you per task kind of situation. And so basically if they're like, you have to finish these tasks in a month. And so it doesn't matter, like you could be working from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. at night every single day over the weekends and you're not going to get paid overtime or time and a half or anything like that um, because of the way that they write the contracts. So there's absolutely no um, overtime here. So if, if you're coming to Chile to work, be very uh, cognizant of, of that. And unfortunately there's really no way around that um, because I don't, I don't know any, body that has a works for company that they pay them overtime or or anything like that like maybe if you work like you're a shift worker and you work an extra shift but salaried workers no no way if mal has to work on the weekend he's working on the weekend he's not getting paid anything extra so no overtime no time and a half nothing but time you do get is a whole month of vacation which sounds amazing to us because we're like, woof, scraps, uh, can we have some scraps? <laughs> oh my gosh, a vacation? What's that? What are vacations? It's only five days. That's, that's five more than I'm used to. Um, mm-hmm. But one month, and you can take all four weeks at the same time. You can mm-hmm. just be like, deuces, I'm going mm-hmm. to the beach. And it's really hard for an employer to refuse your days. That's Real the hard. thing. They, if the only way they can refuse their your days is to like fire you, basically. But it's so acceptable here that everybody's going to take their vacation that it's everybody does it. Like I've never, my friends all take their vacations. It's amazing. And a lot of times they get taken in January and February. January and February, as we've talked about recently, it's the only time anyone takes vacations. So the best time to hang out in Santiago and go to the parks and the restaurants and. January and February, especially February and Santiago, is amazing. It's a dream. The metros are empty. The parks are empty. The restaurants are empty. You can walk in the street. You can ride your bike. It's amazing. Take your... I I mean, honestly, I'm taking my vacation this year if I can leave because COVID is September because Santiago's crazy in September because of Diaciocho. Everyone should experience Diaciocho at least a few times. But and then don't and oh and then it's just like go on vacation you know because all all your nobody's working the people who are working are hungover you know so (laughs) you know take your vacation there and September is nice weather in Gringolandia the northern hemisphere so there you go and I love how vacations are so prioritized here that was sort of my last one too and also maternity leave here is I love that like. Maternity leave here is so beyond good in my brain because it's six months. I don't know if you know that. I didn't know that. It's six months. My face looks shocked right now. I know. Because in the U.S. it's six fucking weeks. <laughs> how can right. you, how can you, I can't even. Your no, vagina is, has not healed. No, you're literally just a recovering from surgery. You just popped out a giant a human. A parasite was just feeding her Yes, for nine and months. now you have to take care of it, but you can't take care of it. you got to go back to work. Like, Dragging around your intestines that are slightly hanging out of your stomach. They're out of there a little bit. Yeah, and you're also peeing on. You're wearing a diaper. Maybe okay, it's diapers. a lot. And so, and they're still like trying to improve that even more in Chile. And I love it because it is so important. So, 
I like, I want to like leave on that high note because yeah, there's some shitty things. There's shitty working things in most countries. Just like, trust me, like there are lots of shitty working things in the US. I just don't want anyone listening to come here and get a job and then feel like they've been taken advantage of or because that is also really easy to do with gringos who are unprepared or don't know especially be careful if you're coming here to be a teacher make sure they're like they'll say oh this is the cost of living it is probably not I have so many friends who are like oh I came here for a teaching job and they said that like you know 5,000 pesos an hour will cover me for this and I'm like if you live four hours in metro away from your school just you know be careful be smart if you if you're thinking of moving to Chile there's definitely ways that you can live here and have a really good like quality of life, but send us a message. We can help you out with that. We also have some other episodes that are pretty good with that stuff, but I like the way that they're trying to improve. Also, paternity leaves on the docket for people to talk about, mm-hmm. which I think is super important also. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So yeah. Good and bad. There's some really great things about working in Chile, and there's things that maybe you just want to be prepared for so that you have the right conversations when the time comes. Right. And also just being prepared in the culture. You can't change it. Like, if you're coming here to be a boss and you expect every, all of your Chilean employees to show up to meetings on time, um, you're just going to have to manage your expectations. It doesn't matter how much you uh, you scream and yell and whatever. Like, you know, you're in another country. And also don't expect them to know all the English. Got to have to try to learn some Spanish too. Mm-hmm. Bro or lady. Bro, lady. Lady or, bro. Or person. So, yeah, that's what I got. Do you have anything else? No. I have nothing else. I have great. I have nothing. I have nothing. Okay. So, I really hope you guys enjoyed the the podcast today. Our uh, podcast pinguino's waving. He's our producer. He says hi. And if you ever have any questions or stories or you want to, do you, have you had a really amazing working experience or really horrible working experience, <laughs> message us on Instagram at Chile Today Podcast or email us Chile Today Podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. If you let us, maybe we'll read your story on, um, on our podcast. So, yeah. Thanks, guys. Stay safe and uh, don't commit tax fraud in foreign countries. And when in doubt, gringo out. Gringo out.